welcome to the Train Your Mind podcast. I'm Vanessa Forrester, and I teach athletes how to up-level their performance without buying that next fancy bike, training more, or even racing more. Your next breakthrough performance is closer than you think. Are you ready to train your mind like you train your body? Stick around, and I'll teach you how. Hello there. And welcome back to another episode of the Train Your Mind podcast. Okay, today's topic is a hefty topic, my friends. There is so much to talk about when it comes to imposter syndrome. And if I'm being honest, that's one of the reasons why I'm just now, after nearly a year of doing this podcast out on my own, I'm just now doing an episode on it. But you know how I like to do my episodes. In the spirit of keeping this one concise, I will only be scratching the surface today. But I also know this topic is important and it comes up a lot. I constantly get questions on it. And so because of that, I want the chance to coach you through your own personal experience with imposter syndrome. So mark your calendars for my next free mental endurance coaching and Q&A call that's coming up in just over two weeks. It's on Thursday, March 31st at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Eastern. And the topic for this call will be none other than imposter syndrome. So today I will talk about what it is, how it generally shows up, and what you can do about it. And then on that call, I will answer your specific questions. I will coach you on how to work through your personal struggles with imposter syndrome or anything else that's holding you back from performance. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. You know what I'm about. (laughs) I want you to take what you learn and put it into action. So if after this episode, you're like, I get it, but this seems hard or I need some more support. Don't keep banging your head against a wall longer than you have to come to the call and let me help you. That's what it's for. Okay, let's get to it. First and foremost, the term imposter syndrome is widely used, but the better term for it is imposter phenomenon. Here's why. I found this really interesting in the research. When we call it a syndrome, that gives the impression that an individual who experiences it is a patient with a medical condition. But it's not a formally diagnosable medical condition. It's a psychological state that isn't entirely explainable. So that makes it a phenomenon, not a syndrome. And it was first described by psychologists Suzanne Imes and Pauline Rose Clance in the 1970s. While most research is done in the professional space, as you know, if you're listening to this, it is absolutely prevalent in athletes as well. So what is imposter phenomenon? It is the pervasive feeling of fraudulence in high achievers that are unable to internalize success, often attribute success to luck rather than ability, and have a fear of being exposed as a fraud. So before I go any further, I want to speak to the fact that while I have not done an episode on this specific topic, so much of what I talk about weekly is actually related to this, or will show up and you'll hear that later. I just often avoid putting labels on things. So I have purposely not used the terms imposter syndrome or phenomenon because while it's useful to understand Simply labeling what you experience as imposter phenomenon does nothing for your training and racing. As I'll get into in a bit, the actual way it shows up is what matters most, not what you call it. But the benefit of a label 
The benefit is that it allows us to identify to a group. And the research shows that more than 70% of the population experience imposter phenomenon at any given time. 70%. What? That's a lot. So you and I, we're not alone. Turns out we're all just figuring this thing called life out (laughs) and the performance results that we want along the way too. Imposter phenomenon is one of those things that it's just not talked about. So often athletes suffer in silence because of that underlying fear of being exposed as not as good as, or not as fast as, or not as strong as others may have thought they are. So here are some ways that I see imposter phenomenon show up for endurance athletes. And this is by no means an exhaustive list, but it does give an indication of if and how you may be experiencing the imposter feelings or any sort of version of imposter phenomenon. Okay. So one of the ways is an ability, an inability, excuse me, to internalize success, an inability to internalize success. So when you have an objective set of data or feedback to show you how strong you are or what kind of progress you made, but you attribute that success to luck or being a fluke instead. So a great example is I have an athlete who set a major PR at a 70.3 back in 2020. And when we first started working together, her most detrimental thought was that that result was a fluke and she might not ever get back there or get any better. She has objective proof of what she's capable of, but her brain is like, nope, that's not repeatable. That was a one-off. Hope you enjoyed it. And so she would constantly attribute that success to something other than herself or her hard work and her abilities. Another way this shows up is an inability to enjoy the successes. So this is similar and related to the first one, but when you don't internalize your success, you also don't celebrate it because it's always because of something outside of you that made it happen. A small race field, you know, less people in your age group, perfect weather conditions, a fast bike, whatever. You don't allow yourself to enjoy success because you don't think that you earned it. Another way is engaging in self-sabotaging behaviors. So this can be in the form of major procrastination in training or for test sets or in group training or how you prioritize your energy and time or even how much you choose to race. If you don't put yourself out there, then you're at less risk of being exposed. Another way is overemphasizing things you did wrong or need to improve. So this one is a protective mechanism. I used to do this before a race. I would totally downplay myself just in case things didn't go well or say things like training hasn't been perfect in this lead up, but we'll see how this goes. And that was to downplay. So people don't expect as much from me. Now there's no problem with being honest, right? But you have to watch when you cross that line of wanting to excuse yourself beforehand. And I also see this happen post-race in those post-race race race reports as well. Okay, next up is when you minimize your training and racing goals or even your enthusiasm for it. So when you're in fear of being exposed as a fraud, you generally will minimize what your goals are or keep them smaller and safer and also minimize your enthusiasm for what you're working towards. This one came up a lot for Danny when he would talk about completing his self-created Tahoe Rim Triathlon last summer. When people would ask him about it and be genuinely interested, he would find himself closing off, minimizing the whole thing because he'd never done anything close to that level of ultra endurance before. Okay. Next up is the fear of being exposed. 
Okay, so this is when you feel that your quote, real or lesser abilities will be discovered, right? Or that a group will learn that you're not what you seem. So maybe you train with a group indoors and you have this fear that those real or lesser abilities will be found out once you go right outside together. Or if you've achieved a next level for you, like a podium finisher now, or qualified for your pro card even, and now it's time to race at that level. And the fear is that people will realize you don't belong there. Or again, let me bring back Danny, right? He'd never done anything close to that level of endurance before. So he had this fear of being exposed that he didn't belong. He didn't, he shouldn't have even created this event. Like this was an arena that was way too big for him. And then another one is when we withdraw from others or their support because of the nature of imposter phenomenon, as I mentioned before, generally people don't talk about it. So when things get hard, you withdraw and you don't seek the support that could help from coaches or friends or partners. And then also how I see it is when we quickly dismiss progress. So if you find yourself quick to dismiss your progress in favor of the next thing, so let me give you an example. Maybe you took like an FTP test and you and your coach were hoping for a five to 10 watt increase. And then you did the test and you achieved a seven watt bump up, right? You hit the goal. You're right spot on, but your immediate response is, well, seven really isn't that much. It probably should have been 15 or 20, right? Or if you cross the finish line with a PR, and you are racing for that PR, but you end up just off the podium. So you don't want to celebrate the PR, especially when you think about what others will think of it not being good enough or where they think you should be. All right. Another way is incessant worry or questioning abilities, especially when it comes to benchmarks, testing, or the race environment. And then finally, again, not exhaustive, but this is the last one I will touch on. Feeling the need to prove yourself to others or prove your goal to others. So say you set a goal to qualify for Kona. And when you talk about it, you feel this need to like defend yourself and your goal, because if you don't, then you'll be a fraud for even choosing that goal in the first place. Okay. So those are just some examples of how imposter phenomenon shows up in our world of endurance sports. And if this is you, if you experience all or any of these, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have imposter phenomenon, but it might. Either way, what I will share in a bit will be useful, regardless of whether or not you identify with the term imposter phenomenon or not. Remember, I'm not about the labels. I'm about helping you train better and race better to understand what's happening between your ears and what to do about it. And I feel like it's very necessary to remind you again that 70% of the population is experiencing some feelings of being an imposter all the time, 70%. So it's very normal, but it can also be detrimental to your ability to perform at your next level. Okay. Because this episode is intentionally directed toward the, towards the individual experience of imposter phenomenon, I want to share what you can do to change it right at the individual level, what you can do today. But I will also just note quickly that there are some social aspects that influence when we experience imposter syndrome. We live in a world that is constantly demanding your intention outward, which generally increases the likelihood that you feel some version of imposter phenomenon. Okay. Let's talk about what you can do, right? 
What can you do to change these imposter feelings? I love that I'm doing this episode now because my entire coaching practice is designed around showing you how to take ownership, how to take 100% responsibility for every result that you have in your life. Results don't just happen to you. You create them little by little, choice by choice, day by day. This is of course on the race course and off the race course, but building mental endurance is truly about internalizing your success and progress, learning how you created it so it can become repeatable and you can enjoy the successes along the way. So I have four steps to overcome the imposter phenomenon. All right. You ready for this? Number one, focus on the facts. I've talked about this one before several different times in the podcast, actually in many ways, but when you're going after a big goal, a next level goal, your brain will always do what it's designed to do. Keep you safe. It will tell you how and why you're not able to achieve at that level required. So it's your job to provide your brain with facts, to focus on those facts. I know I mentioned this before, but I have my athletes log, what I call a training bank for this reason. Exactly. You have to look at the data and see what you've achieved, how far you've come, and what's working. The more you do this in a self-referenced way, the better. The data doesn't lie. And when you spend intentional time focusing on the facts, it challenges those thoughts that you're not ready. You get to think about what's gone well, because human nature is to always look at the next thing and what's not working. Okay, step two is to integrate your next level self-concept. So you have to remember that where you are going is somewhere you've never been before. And I'm talking in terms of performance results, right? I talk about the concept of next level self-concept as the athlete you are becoming. But in order to become that athlete, you have to be willing to be that athlete now, to think, to feel, and act as that athlete. And all of that is new, of course, Allow this to keep things in perspective. Yes, it will be tough to navigate because it's uncertain, but uncertain does not mean impossible. There's this term in psychology called the zone of proximal development. And it's basically like the sweet spot of where you learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's a space you have to navigate to get to your next level. It's the space that you keep dipping your toes in to get to your next level. And you do so with the support of your coaches, people around you. You are guided as you integrate your next level self-concept. Okay. Step three is to see obstacles as challenges. There's a distinct characteristic that separates the most elite athletes, and it's how they see and handle obstacles or hurdles. If you are operating from a loss mindset, then everything that goes wrong is taking away from you. And when you have a tough training session, for example, you immediately make that mean that you don't have what it takes. But in order to be successful, you want to operate from a gain mindset and ask yourself, what am I gaining from this? Choose to see stressors as challenges and an opportunity to grow. While a training session may be challenging, you have the focus, the determination, and the commitment to handle it and give it your best. Okay. And finally, step number four, celebrate, celebrate like a mad woman. The way that you learn to internalize success is by internalizing success. Nothing is ever too small. Challenge your brain's desire not to by practicing it on a regular basis. When you nail the pacing of a swim set, 
Don't let your brain write it off as just your lucky day. Own it, celebrate it, internalize it. Show your brain how you did it, how you made the choice to have a wholesome dinner and go to bed earlier the night before, how you intentionally woke up early so you wouldn't be rushed and how you showed up to the pool with the thought, today is my day to nail this. Own that, every part of it. Okay, those are your four steps, right? Focus on the facts, integrate your next level self-concept, see obstacles as challenges, and celebrate. That is what I wanted to cover in this episode. I gave you specific examples of how it might show up and what you can do today to change this for yourself. And remember, I'm hosting that call on Thursday, March 31st at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to dive in even deeper and answer your questions and get coaching. So link to register is in the show notes. That's it for today. I will meet you here next week. Hey, it's me again. If you want more juicy tips on how to train your mind, hop on my email list. The link is in the show notes. As soon as you join, I'll send you the 10 triathlon truths your tri-coach hasn't told you. And then I'll drop in your inbox weekly with new tips that will change the way you train and race. See you there. Thank you.